Welcome back, everybody, to another fun issue of the Rolex Whiskey Passion Project podcast. And today we're going a mano a mano to some great guys who have an amazing podcast. And I couldn't really wait to get them on and we can talk whiskey passion, podcasts, all that good stuff. So I got today, I got Ben, Joe, and Kyle from the Bourbon Podcast. Welcome, gents. How are you? Hey, what's going on, man? Good, great to see you. Yeah, it's good, good to reconnect with you all. Let's have some fun. So, you know, we're going to talk a lot about whiskey as well, but like we're both podcasting and having fun and talking to some interesting people. When... And how did the decision come about for you guys? Like, hey, let's do a podcast. Let's talk about bourbon. Yeah, you know, the the funny thing about it was it it was never intended to be an actual podcast. So, oh, I, I guess it was about a year and a half, two years ago. I was, and we'd all been friends. We've been friends for a long time. But I was on uh, Instagram. And I thought, you know what? I wouldn't mind having like a separate page, like a separate account, just to just to talk about whiskey, just to put up some pics and, you know, some reviews. And so I started looking at what handles were available. And surprisingly, no one had at Bourbon Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, uh, even the URL was available. So I went and, and got it started posting pics. And then within a couple months, people were like, hey, where can I find the podcast? So I connected with Joe and Kyle. Yeah. So the funny thing is, Gavin, we recorded the first episode, but you know, kind of unbeknownst to us, at least for me, Joe, you can speak for yourself. It was like, all right, we did a podcast. And then Ben's like, no, 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 we got to keep doing this. And kind of evolved from there. I mean, that is definitely the thing. You got to keep doing them. And I mean, I think I've done 29 recordings in the last couple of months and counting. And it's definitely has challenges. Are you seeing that as well? Well, you know, the, the yeah. problem is always being able to do it. We have full-time jobs all throughout us. We yeah. Yeah. are very busy and finding the time to do it, but we love it so much. I mean, we enjoy, obviously we enjoy bourbon, we enjoy whiskey, but getting together and just chatting is a lot of fun. Having guests on is, is an absolute blast. You know, we went from, we went from not even really knowing how to do a podcast to within a year under the ha- hobbies category, we were ranked number six on Apple in the U S and we rank in five or six other countries. So, you know, people are listening to it. We're, we're very proud of, of, uh, the product plan to keep doing it. I gotta be honest. That's one thing I haven't even got to yet is the traffic side of it. I've been so busy, you know, inviting guests and building content that I figured I would get there at some point. And, and I relate on the full-time job. I mean, obviously, this is, you know, my Rolex, the Rolex Whiskey uh, Passion Project person. My other persona is 100% a side thing. There's no, and, and there'll be times where I, I can't record anything. And then there'll be times I'll record like five in a week because I'm in town and I can handle it. But I mean, it's just nothing but fun. I mean, I love the energy of this. So why, so let's talk whiskey. And I'm going to ask you each an interesting question. And it's one question for each of you to respond to. But like, what's a memorable whiskey experience early on for you? Where you were like, hey, whiskey's maybe not ne- necessarily meant to, you know, black out with or whatever people use it to numb the pain, et cetera, et cetera. But like, hey, there's something cool about whiskey. 
Like, is there is there a story for, from each one of you where it's like, whoa, I like whiskey. There's something going on here. Jump on this, Joe. Charleston, where we're located in uh, West Virginia, we're only, you know, two hours and 45 minutes, two and a half hours from Lexington and three hours from Louisville. And, you know, you think about Appalachian region, the abundance of oak that's used for, for barrels, the water, the abundance of, of good water used for distilling. It's really just, it's a, it's a good fit, at least for me, uh, some 12, 13 years ago to kind of get more engaged in, you know, in bourbon in particular uh, and whiskeys that were produced out of Kentucky. And so we we started a group locally called Appalachian Whiskey Society and then a second group called Appalachian Barrel Select. Um, and essentially early on, before there was a lot of single barrel picks, we already kind of set in, into motion that we were going to find a way to kind of connect those dots. And so... You know, 12, 13 years later, that, that that group where the three of us are closely tied to it. I mean, we are at 365 members, and we've selected, I think, 65 or 66 private barrels from, from Lexington. So, you know, this podcast, you know, we've been doing all the hard work in the background. I'd, there's, we have a lot of depth as a group and a club and experience with whiskey um, and so, you know, Ben want to start this podcast. I mean, the three of us bring different things to the table and it was a perfect fit for where we're located, what we're doing, what we were, the hard, the heavy lifting we were doing for years. And, and now I'd be able to share some of that with our, with our listeners out there. So that's really my, but Joe, but Joe, for, but for you personally, what was the whiskey that you drank at what point in your life where you were like, Hey, I lo- like, like. I want to go like down a, you know, yeah. I like it. I want to go like, no, you know, it, it, people will grow up drinking beer. They'll drink tequila. They'll drink, you know, whiskey w- was something different. What was, you know, what was that aha moment for you where you're like, this is my drink. And, and what was it? You know, I would say if you go back to college, like all of us, you know, uh, I, I, I certainly didn't have a taste for brown water 15 years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. The moment was pretty simple. Uh, I had gone through a divorce. I had uh, n- uh, 10 guys decided early on when I had a girlfriend at the time, they called themselves the Mighty Ten. They they kidnapped me. They put me in a van. They drove me off to Lexington, Kentucky. They rented an entire bed and breakfast in Versailles. And we spent three days that, at a very orchestrated uh, 12 distilleries, uh, drinking whiskey and what was that kind of moment that you know somewhere in that process of just you know morning lunch dinner sampling at that time whatever you wanted right they had Pappy Van Winkle on the shelf they had everything you would, would want at very extremely reasonable low prices I think it culminated with a Parker's heritage at that time it was a it was their blended mash bill at barrel proof, 130, I think two proof it was. I think I can't remember mm-hmm. that. Wow. Sixth, an- sixth anniversary. But literally, we were having dinner in this bed and breakfast. One of the guys basically said, we want a bottle of something really good. And they they basically put the entire bottle out there for 10 to, to drink. And we were going to polish that thing off. One of the guys basically pulled it off the table and said, Joe, you need to keep this because this when you go back to Charleston, you need to sip this for a few weeks to remember this weekend. 
so anyway, so I would say it goes to that Parker's heritage and being able to just try so many different things. At some point, when you sip enough good whiskey, you know, it, it, it does hit you and you say, I get this. I get the flavor profile. I get, you know, why people kind of go bonkers over this stuff. And so that, that, that for me personally was, that's my story. Joe, that's I, I, Joe, I got to say, not to make light of the divorce part of it, but shit, that group should throw divorce parties. Fly guys out, get the house, charge charge a fee. Other exactly. than that experience, yeah, it's like fuck the Super Bowl. <laughs> hey, we got this party. Well, even that's other, I think it was like Kansas was playing Kentucky in the semifinals of the NCAA tournament that weekend, and we had oh, the whole bed breakfast, and it was just kind of like, oh, just sit around and drink all weekend, watch the game. It was in Lexington, and we were in Lexington, so it was yeah, it was it was a it was a shit show. It was a lot of fun. That's interesting because the Parker's Heritage, you know, I've had so many amazing whiskeys from them over the years. Yet, when I take a memorable, I've got I've got to actually make a snapshot of that now after talking with you and go like, because there's been some great ones. I just, I don't normally throw them out there, but that's got me thinking. Jen? Yeah. I have a memory from like 2010, 2011. And I think I'd, I'd certainly started drinking whiskey by that point, but I had a good friend. Uh, shout out to Aaron who brought, I think it was a birthday party for me and brought a bottle of Thomas Handy. So one of the, one of the BTAC and yeah, one of the first ones. Yeah. And he did like one whiskey of the year and he bought it off the shelf and I didn't even know. I mean, we fi- I finished it, you know, in like two weeks or whatever, because I was like, oh, this is good. And the irony is I don't eat, I'm, I'm much more of a bourbon guy than a rye guy, but that bottle really sticks out as being like, oh man, there's incredible stuff available that you know at that time was very available and very affordable and you know was you know was unbelievable juice i mean we're also talking about an era now you know wait wait for number three here but we're talking about an era where like it was available yeah nobody wanted it it sat there if you went to the right place like if you were in california it wasn't here but you know all around you guys that was sitting there because that's where it was coming from. You know, I'm pretty close to that. I think he literally walked into, you know, one of our local liquor stores and was like, hey, I'm looking for a good bottle. What should I get? And we're like, oh, this whiskey of the year. Here you go. I mean, can you imagine today? Like, yeah, just totally different time. Yeah. No. Wild. All right. Since I, could, I don't have camera, who we're missing. We got one. No, I, listen, my story's a little bit different. My family didn't have alcohol in the house, but Every year, my drunk uncle would give my dad either a bottle of Jack Daniels or a bottle of Wild Turkey. And so, as a high school kid, we would drink it and then and then refill it with iced tea. So my dad didn't know, and he did, you know, he never drank it, so he had no idea. And but I didn't like whiskey. I didn't like bourbon at all. And so for probably thirty years after that, I did not touch it. I, and then I was I'm a lawyer by that's my day job and. I had good relationship with the local bars, good relationships with the stores. I would go and stock up on all the best bourbons to give out as gifts. I would get Pappy Yeah. Pappy Twelve. That was the thing. All of them. And I had in cow I I've probably given cow bottles. And if somebody sent me a case, I would give them a nice bottle. And then one day, even though I had never tried it, somebody said, You have you tried this Pappy Twelve Lot B? I was like, No, I've never tried it. Cracked it open, loved it, absolutely loved it. And so then I started, instead of giving them out, I started collecting them and drinking them myself. 
it's just it's wild to me because if I think you know I didn't start you know I was Scotch my whole life I ran restaurants and nightclubs for twenty years you drank Scotch there was no bourbon really like it was it was Jack as a shot or Jack and a Coke you know that was really what was going on and I remember for me it wasn't until maybe eight nine years ago at this point now where I tried a Mictures ten and actually. That's untrue because I tried a Mictus 20 before and didn't even know how to digest it. Like <laughs> mentally didn't even know what to do to do with this. Like I, I wasn't there in my palate. I just was like, this is amazing and I don't know what's going on. And then that was a one-off pour where it was the 2015 Mictus 20s uh, where there was still uh, single single barrels. And there was an issue with the wax and I'd paid like 900 bucks for it from New York, shipped to San Diego. And the wax was having an issue and I, I put it up in a group and the guy said, hey, I got a 2016. I'll drive down and switch it out with you and I'll pop your 2015. I'll pour you two ounces and I'll give you my bottle and drive home. And I was like, cool. We met in a parking lot at Whole Foods. He, we, got, we sat in the trunk of his SUV on the tailgate. We did the switch. I came home, I drank it. I'm like, this is just nuts. What is this? But I wasn't going to open my $900 bottle that I had to try explore it more. So I got a Mictress 10. I was like, dude, this thing's like 150 bucks. Cool, I'll go get one. And that's really where I was like, these guys are doing something very different. And from a Scotch side, bourbon is just like, wow, what is this? I want to learn all about it and more. And as you guys know, then so the rabbit hole begins. But the difference is I'm coming five years later where it's not really available, but it kind of is. Like 2015, you could buy a Mictus 20 for 900 bucks from New York because the guy paid seven, 600 bucks for it and ship it to San Diego. You could buy, you know, the M10s were a buck 50. That's what they were. You know, they paid, I think, 80 bucks back then and they would just double their money on it and they sat on shelves. And it's wild now that there's nothing that sits on a shelf. Unless it's grossly overpriced in my in California. Now, when I travel, you know, I often find deals, but like it's not happening. And I mean, you guys aren't seeing I, I, I wonder with your buying power for gifts, were you able to be like customer of the year forever, like a platinum member <laughs> that when stuff comes up, you get a phone call still or is there just too many phone calls now? I think all three of us still get phone calls now. Okay. Yeah. Well, but I tell you, the people that I would give the gifts out to, the Pappy 20 or whatever it would be, uh, they were very appreciative and, and they would go nuts for it. And I had no idea why. I just knew that it was good and people liked it. I had no idea that, you know, five to 10 years later, it'd be selling at three and $4,000 a bottle. I had no, no clue. But I think that they also went nuts because you were dropping 200 300 $400 a bottle. And that was incredibly amazing because- if I think that when I bought that $900 bottle, I was like, that's a lot of money for a whiskey. I've been buying Japanese whiskey now and I haven't spent that much really, you know, but this one, like someone said, this is really special. I should get that. And now, like you're saying a minute ago, like it's thousands of dollars and they're still transacting all day long. I, I mean, to me, the, the thing that cha has changed, I mean, you said that when, when you were on Bourbon Podcast, 
I mean, the high-end bourbons go in for a ton of money and being highly allocated. Like I can live with, you know, the stags of the world being hard to get and going for a bunch of money. But what has changed in the last couple of years is like, you know, Blanton's went crazy. Eagle Rare 10. I mean, that's a good whiskey, but come on, man. That's like, that's allocated. E.H. Taylor, E.H. Small Batch. Yeah, like that's what's insane to me now. I mean, that's why I'm like, I, I'm looking at it from all sides and it's like, you know, this week I'm, I'm running around checking stores for work and I'm in these Kroger stores and there's E.H. Taylor for forty nine ninety five, And I'm like, wait, there's silly people that pay north of $150 for this thing. What's wrong with you people? But, you know, I, I think that we also have this thing is that the, the whiskey we started drinking when that was laid in barrel, they were no consumers that they could like, they didn't say that there's going to be a billion people drinking it. They're like, dude, we're just lucky if they buy the shit that we put in the barrel. And, you know, if I take the 2015, go back to 1995, when that went in the ground, you know, when that liquid went in the barrel, it's like they weren't like anyone's going to give a shit in 2015. We'll just make a little bit do single <laughs> yeah. barrel, you know, and now it's like, you know, you see Buffalo Trace expanded production. Everyone and their mother is, is distilling right now at record quantities. The demand is incredibly high. It doesn't seem to be stopping, which also becomes a side effect because you kind of get, you know, in my world of grocery, you know, there's a saying that with marketing money, you can market shit in a bag. And I feel like that's happening now in, in, in all spirits. Yeah. Like whoever spends the most money can get something and people can temporarily be confused until they open the bag and see it's shit. <laughs> we receive those samples every now and then. <laughs> well, and I don't even, I shut that down. So you guys are still really nice. I'm just like, I get these, I'm like, I'm good. Thank you. I have so much open whiskey. I couldn't even drink it in my life. All my friends' lifetime, like, I'm good. But but isn't it crazy? Like, every marketing company was like, hey, whiskey's really cool. We should definitely make a whiskey. And you're like, oh. Yeah, that's the thing we talk about all the time, too, is a lot. I mean, there are some really cool, good, new distillers, new product out there. But there's a lot that's not as great. And this is at 100 bucks or 150 bucks for a new product. Yeah. Like, wait, what? And also, like, Where's it coming from? And, you know, like, I love, I love transparency. And it's now like, it's like mystery meat. You're like, I don't know where I like it. I mean, now I, I just saw someone the other day, they're blending like three, like from Indiana, from Canada and from Kentucky. And I'm like, huh? Is that like soup now? Are we making like whiskey yeah. soup? Because, because I, I do believe and you guys, you know, I don't know how in your local markets, but out here for the most part, when it has a, a one in front of it, like a hundred, they for some reason can't keep it on the shelf because the people who think that they're buying good whiskey are actually quasi cheap, meaning that they know good whiskey should cost one zero, like a thousand. But this is only 100. They're like, oh, well, this must be good. I'll buy that. And there's this like, I think I'm pulling one over, but you're really not because it's crap. So if you can't afford to buy the $4,000 Pappy, you're not getting a deal buying with other guys, whatever it's called, for 150 bucks, but everything else is 50 bucks. Yeah, agreed completely. You know, it, it, it's, it's, it's an interesting time. Now, present, are you guys still, in, with the Appalachian, are you guys still drinking a lot of fun? Are you trying new stuff or are you enjoying that? I, like, I, you know, I like I, the rabbit I, you like the rabbit hole? 
this is pretty funny. Uh, I've been trying to chime in here and not realizing like my mic says it's on, but it, you know, it hasn't been on. And I've got a lot to say about what you were saying <laughs> because we spend, you know, on Burden Podcast, you know, we we really, uh, we, we spend a lot of time in our proof positives uh, trying to pick out and review different whiskeys and oftentimes whiskeys that we, you know, conduct interviews on. And we, we have a segment uh, as part of, a, you know, when we do our proof positives where we are looking at, is this a red light, green light, or is this a thumbs up, thumbs down? And, or, you know, and some, one of the main things we take into consideration is value for the, to the bottle, right? And because oftentimes what's happening, you're getting, we're getting a lot of very good drinkable bottles that are being priced at a hundred or 200 or even maybe 500. And then it boils down really more to, you know, is that bottle worth a hundred dollars? Is it worth 200? I mean, yeah, this is a great whiskey, but what kind of person should go out and purchase this or sample this whiskey? And I think um, there's a lot of thought being given to a lot of the blending that's going on. And I think it's like the Wild West right now. I, I really think it's a, a, personally, I think it's a good thing because there are, if, if you want to just go down to the source of and the root of uh, bourbon, you just go to the four main distilleries that have been distilled you know, distilling it, setting off in massive rick houses for many, many years, having held mm -hmm. being Buffalo Trace and the like. All right. So if you want to get a good, reasonable, excellent bourbon for $50 or whatever, all you have to do is go to one of those particular um, distilleries. But what's happening is you've got new breed of amazing palates out there that are trying to blend hard to find whiskeys, finish them in different ways. Uh, and they're creating a product that oh, we were talking about this after our last show. It's like, what are we drinking? Are we drinking whiskey? Are we drinking like this new that or or a type of whiskey or a, a new liqueur? Uh, I, I think that there's something to be said. Well, the, you, you nailed that with the word finishes. Yeah. You nailed that with yeah. the word finishes because it's getting wild. It really is. And and um, Ben, the last one we did, uh, and Kyle, you know, you gracefully bought. We had those. Uh, we had great with obviously David Corzon, but we we did a proof positive on that. Ad, it was an Amburana cast finish, right? Um, yep. I know that's a, another classic example of. Um, you know, I, I I I'm not sure how I, I feel about all of it, but I will say that they they're really interesting whiskeys. They are very good, uh, and I'm and like you, I have a hard time figuring out. Do I want to spend a hundred bucks on this or two hundred bucks on it? I don't know. Well, it's like, it's like you talk about the finishes. When I go down to Indiana, I'm, I'm really close with Christian, you know, Hubert out at Starlight. And I'll go into his warehouse and, and he's got, I don't know, I'm going to throw a random number out there, but he's probably got 40 different finishes going on in there with their whiskeys. So that's who Gavin, that's, I'm sorry to interrupt you. That's who we, that's his Amburon we just taste. Okay. So yeah. So I've had that like before it was even bottled. And I mean, I mean, we... We'll, we will go, you know, with with his little thief and go barrel to barrel. But I walk out of there going like, you know, I, I try to take like a foodie experience out of out of a lot of this. And I'm like, he's doing something next level. Like, I remember the first time I met him, I'm like, I've been to a lot of distilleries and I feel like they're blockbuster and you guys are fucking Netflix over here. You guys are just doing it at a whole different level. And it, it there's certain ones that work and certain don't. But I, I think that what I what I'm seeing is because whiskey has become 
so craveable. And when I say craveable, that people are no longer loyal. Like, I don't only drink this. You know, like our parents might have been like, I only drink Jim Beam. I only drink Jack Daniels. Now, our generation is like, I only drink these 50 different ones. <laughs> you know, there's not like one that stands out because there's so much. And I think this is what's becoming the thing now. I also, because there's so much going on and there's so much demand, I mean, there's only so many freaking trees out there and there's only so much access to like new wood for new barrels for new things. And it's like, you're seeing like everyone being like, well, how do I stand out? What do I do different? No, you, Gavin, you nailed it. I mean, we had that, I think we had that conversation off air, maybe Joe or Ben can remind me, but we were talking about Starlight and Huber's like, I think I agree with you. I think they're doing it right and they're finishing. It's like because of maybe the wine background or whatever, they're doing really stuff. Like I had, I, I said on there, the maple syrup finished from two years ago. It was like my, one of my favorite whiskeys of the year. But then my gosh, we've had some finished stuff that was not that good. <laughs> well, I think it's yeah. too young. Like I, I said to Christian, like a lot, you know, just remember their whiskey is very young. You know, they, they only started making whiskey again, like in the last, you know, I don't know five six years it might be a little bit longer but not not very recent it's pretty recent they started making whiskey again they did all that wine and cognac a lot of cognac right yeah they're and and they're like christian and his brother are a hundred percent and i'm sure the dad as well are are super tasters you know like they come from like they can pick up everything and to them i'm excited for when the stuff is more aged because i think it's just gonna it's gonna settle down a little bit better because some of it is very bright and and floral and very just like in your face. And that's just not what I love drinking. But I mean, I'm enjoying all of that. But going back to the comment earlier, like, are we still really drinking whiskey? Because it's now becoming like a, you know, you used to have bourbon and rye. And now you have that and finished. And it's accelerating. I mean, it's coming out fast and fear. I mean, even if you look at toasted barrels, and this barrel, and what did you do to the barrel? And I made the barrel do this, and I dipped it in that. Like that's what's happening. Well, and I think there's a four. There's the blended too, right? So it's like you've got bourbon, you have rye, you have blends, and then you have all the finishing on top of that, whether with barrel or with you know what was in the barrel before. I agree with you. It's a, it's very interesting, and I think it's just all really to you know to me. It's like I try to block out the noise because I'm sure just like you guys, we 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 have. The enjoyment of so many amazing whiskeys that I can't do it all. So when I'm doing it, I really want to see, like, I, you know, I'm obsessed with the high ABVs. There's some of those older Willets where you're like, I can't understand how that doesn't just blow my eyes out at this ABV, yet it's like enjoying a beautiful piece of chocolate. You know, just like the layers keep coming or some of the older Four Roses or you know, I was in I was in Portland last week and I was drinking what's it called? Cabin Still. I mean, that was like, what the fuck is this? This is amazing. And that was a dude that wasn't obviously around in this era where there was a cell phone and an Instagram and a TikTok. That was just a dude that put liquid in a barrel and hopefully got a jug on Friday with his paycheck. It's very different now, right? Yeah, I mean now now it's being crafted for a purpose, as opposed to like, hey, this is just a job. Clouds things, but I always, you know, one of the great things about like the three of us, you know, from the beginning, being involved with our 
Appalachian Whiskey Society, Appalachian Barrel Select, is that you know when you're when you're out there and in some of these larger distilleries picking up single barrel or buffalo trace or a Weller 107 or a uh, a, a, a you know a, a Russell Reserve or you know a you know Kentucky Spirit that single barrel experience the you know the bottles that are coming off those barrels mostly uh, men, most of the ones we're getting I made mean, uh, from some of, from particular distilleries uh, are coming off barrel proof. Um, I still think that you know, those those are those are the those are the prime whiskeys to me. I think when you can go out, pick that individual barrel, and you know when you for our club, for instance, when you cut it down, it's very. I, I don't think we've offered a bottle for more than hundred dollars. I mean, everything seems to fall in that fifty to sixty dollar a bottle kind of, you know. And so, are those is that unrealistic for most people? Yes, unfortunately, but. We're, we're fortunate to have at least an ample stock of good rides, good bourbons from the traditional distilleries that are single barrels, hand-selected, that we can drink day in and day out. But you know, we are being inundated with a lot of different blends, a lot of <laughs> finishes. Uh, and the pricing is, uh, Ben, your favorite would be the Kentucky Owl that we did a proof positive on, which was the run cast finish. Yeah, I enjoyed that one. Also enjoy the uh, Angel's Envy finished in cast. Yeah. I mean, but but typically I do not enjoy finished whiskeys. I, I do like Michter's Toasted Barrel, those types of things. But the ones that are finished in Chardonnay casts and Port, you know, some of the others, I I just do not like. Okay, so so you bring you bring up a, a lot of good stuff there. And one of like, what do you what's your feeling on the collaborations? Like I. You know, obviously, I'm close to the boys at Bardstown Bourbon Company. The Prisoner Wine one, hell, like, I think I'm on my third bottle of that one. Oh, I don't know why. It's just <laughs> something that I really enjoy. You know, and and that would hit that right there. It was like, hey, what's going on, Gavin? I think you probably we did a uh, proof positive. So sometimes we'll do proof positive, which is our 10 minute segment where we just grab a bottle and do a review. And okay. some of them are. Some of the ruse you do, like people will send in a bottle and they're so bad, I don't hear them because I just feel, I feel badly to, to go on and criticize, you know, someone's project, but the prisoner did not get a good review from us. Wow. <laughs> we like, what the hell? We like prisoner <laughs> wine. We like Bardstown, but there's something about Bardstown, the prisoner that we did not like. And if 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 you want more bottles, buddy, I got two here. I can ship you. Oh, well, well, I mean, because I love I love the wine. So maybe for me, I mean, it was the same reason why. Like, I like that, four square rum. I like the four square rum thing. Yeah. I mean, I I kind of like the the, the fun that yeah. they're having over there. Now, just remember, like, that's whiskey that I take when I take the kids to the beach on the weekend and drink. You know, I'm just drinking whiskey yeah. in the sun as opposed to when I'm sitting in the back having a cigar kind of whiskey. Yeah, full disclosure on the prisoner. Like the, uh, you know, the it's a contra obviously prisoner is a controversial blend to start with, and then to finish it. In, for those that really love prisoner like yourself, we did tell of the podcast. Uh, at least I did. I think I felt stronger about it. Was you know, if you're a prisoner fan, why wouldn't you buy this bottle? Because not not just for the collaboration, but 
you can pick things out about that finish that are going to trigger memories and, you know, flavors. That was what it was for me. It was like familiar. And then on top of that, I can see, I could see that particular finish. I'm going to go the other way a bit, even though I did, uh, it maybe wasn't, we don't particularly enjoy the wine, wine finished (laughs) barrels. That one, yeah. uh, at least from my perspective, was I was thinking about foods like, well, what could I drink this with that would really bring out more of the wine flavors or more of the whiskey flavors uh, to explore that? I really wanted to give out some thought on the prisoner because I, I've been out to their facility in California and yeah. you know did a lot of reading and research on them. So I could see why you liked it because if you are a prisoner fan, why wouldn't you go buy it? You know, because it's still reasonable. It's still a hundred right so oh yeah yeah and and for me it's like when i'm thinking like i don't know about your guys home bars but like for me there's everyday drinkers and then there's like well i want to if i want someone to really like someone's visiting and i'm like i want to change your i want to restructure your brain the, the, the those whiskeys and then there's the like special occasion stuff and the prisoner like at all most of their stuff to me is just great everyday drinkers and fun and unique and different enough, but not that different. That's, you know, my, my three cents. Um, all right. We're chatting a lot. We're having a good time here. I got to go to one last power question. You're having fun. We're always having fun. We're doing cool stuff. Are there memories? Cause we all have full-time jobs and none of us ever thought that our passion, I, I, I didn't, I'm, I'm speaking for you guys. That at some point in our lives, we'd be do something whiskey related and having a lot of fun doing it other than drinking it. Um, are there is are there a moment where you like where you're doing something, whether it's on your podcast or as a group where you're like, Dude, this is pretty fucking cool. Like a pinch me moment, like I didn't see this coming and I'm loving it. You know what? Standing in uh, Warehouse C at Buffalo Trace interviewing Julian Van Winkle is one. And then uh, having uh, Freddie Johnson, you know, sat down with us. He came to West Virginia, sat down with us, did a tasting. We interviewed him for the podcast. And both of those, and th- that was in within like a month of one another. I've got to tell you, I was pinching myself, like how in the world did this happen? <laughs> How did it happen that, you know, we're warehouse seat with Julian Van Winkle and sitting down with Freddie Johnson? So those were, uh, and, and I mean, pretty cool moments. I, I got to say, the Buffalo Trace people are just like beyond. I mean, last year I was fortunate to sit with Harlan in his office and be the first non employee to taste the BTAC lineup with him before it was, before the uh, announcement oh on the release. And sitting in there with the fireplace. Just me, him, and Amy just sitting in the office, and I'm like, "This is pretty cool, man. This is pretty cool." He's like, "He's like, dude, I'm gonna look at you in the eye and say this is pretty cool for me too, not because of you, just that I can sit down and actually enjoy this with someone." Yeah, Kyle, tell me about uh, President's Choice. We got to try the. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I mean, we Ben and I went out. Joe couldn't make it. We went out to interview uh, Melissa Rift. You know, it's a newish master taster at Old Forester, and first of all. You know, the fact that we're just going for the day, we get like this whole behind the scenes thing. She brings us up in this beautiful office and sit down on the table. Yeah, this bottle of President's Choice, which I've never even had. And it's the unreleased version. You know, it's I mean, maybe it's since been released or it's about to be released, but it had not been released. And, you know, that's what we drank while we interviewed her. And I'm like, Ben, can you believe it? Like this, this podcast, we started out of nowhere. 
like here we are if nothing else ever comes of this the fact that we're sitting here with her drinking this ridiculous whiskey that no one else has had let's say yeah like you said about BTAC, it's like well, what am i doing this is incredible <laughs> this is not I mean it, it really is because if you think about a lot of people in this industry it's like this that this is what they do they work in it we kind of don't work in this yet we are a part of it yes yeah exactly and we're accepted the thing that i love about it is how friendly everyone is i mean we yeah joe and i sat down with mark and sherry carter you know we're at the old carter distillery and they're popping bottles i mean it was insane they lined up like six bottles and you know which would you like to try you want to try the you know it was just it was blowing my mind but everyone has been so nice and they're so humble i tell people all the time if if you were standing beside julian van winkle at walmart you wouldn't know that he was julian van winkle because he's just so down you know same thing with mark and share card just great great people and i think that's what i enjoy about meeting the guests i mean you you hear you know you get to meet these legends and uh you know dixon Dedman, <laughs> who was was at the beach and took time out from his family vacation to jump on a podcast with us uh just a great guy david Coors, you know who's as humble as he could possibly be despite being from you know the Coors family uh that's yeah. what i enjoy about it i really do no it's something special that we get to do and i think i think what you know i think of our personalities, I think the reason, not that the brands aren't always nice, is because we're not asking for anything. Like, we're literally there to have fun and be engaging, and that's it. Like, I, I realized they like, you know, with Julian, I've hung out with him and Spencer at events in the past, and, like, because of my Instagram pedigree, I can kind of come across as not just some, like, another super groupie that wants to hang out, more like, hey, I'm not here to bother you, like, have a couple of drinks and like bail that they'll relax me like dude i'm kind of tired man like this has been a long day like i remember julian one year he couldn't believe that they had to have security he's like why is my table the only table with security and it has a line outside i'm like well you know what you're pouring he's like i know but it's nuts and then he was like i don't even have someone to help me open the bottles the person the two girls that help don't show up for another 30 minutes but the show the vip starts in 15 and we were just laughing about that I mean, these are all real people. And I think people need to remember that. Like, you know, I think of all my times with Dan or with Joe and the whole Mitch's family. It's like they're all just real people who really take a lot of pride in what they do. Well, Gavin, I'm jealous that you were actually able to try the celebration, Mitch's celebration. I still have not tried it. I haven't found it anywhere. Oh, my God. I've, 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 I mean, you know. The whole group group blasted me because we've tried it in so many different ways and times and forms. I mean, Dan and I once did a breakfast meeting where there were literally everything in the room, me and Dan, and like donuts, fruit cups, and yogurt. And he's like, I'm like, why? And he's like, they wanted to give you food for breakfast. I'm like, are you having any? He's like, no, we're drinking whiskey. We're going to have a good time. I'm like, not fine. That's all. So I had like six donuts by the time I left there because of what we drank. It's <laughs> just to neutralized but yeah i'm i'm so grateful that you know you i love what you guys are doing i love the passion you know i told you that when i was on your show um i'm glad to kind of come and just just have you on the show i really i can't thank you enough like seriously thanks for taking the time i know you everyone's busy i gotta schedule three different people's schedules and just like keep crushing it seriously just keep crushing it i appreciate you having us all man. yeah very very few yeah. 
for sure. Um, gents, you want to you want to throw out anything? I know that they give them some more direct links as where to come to you at the end. Hey, you you can find us on Polly. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at Bourbon Podcast. Same thing on Facebook. Uh, the only you are the only handle I haven't been able to secure is Twitter. And there we are, Bourbon Podcast One. But you, I'm, honest, I'm Rolex with I'm Rolex Whiskey One on there. Already, right, somebody like I want to get And if you want to see Joe dance, follow us on TikTok. Oh my! I haven't gone there yet. What's how you feeling on that channel? You know what? It's actually a lot of fun. I mean, I, we we don't we're not on the you, we don't show videos of ourselves. We're you know, but we we create some funny videos to put up, and you know, we've got a few followers on there. It's it's a good time. Yeah, I might have to go. Well, I can't thank everyone enough for listening today. This is going to be a fun one. Uh, gents, thank you, thank you, thank you for the time. Everyone listening, thank you, thank you. Definitely go follow. They have a great podcast. They're great guys. They're doing great things. All we're trying to do, I think, as a group is just educate you and let you know what's out there and give you our feedback, whether you want it or not sometimes. But really get to the people that make the whiskey because they, they truly are amazing as well. So thanks everyone for listening and we'll see you all next time.